You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Post Game Show, the first regular season Pewter Post Game Show, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. The Bucks are one and zero to begin the season after defeating the Minnesota Vikings on the road by a score of twenty to seventeen in what Todd Bowles had said a bunch of times, was a gutsy performance from yeah. the entire team. We're going to break it all down. I'm very excited to get into this one. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me are my two compadres that I did the Pewter pregame show with yeah. in Josh Capo and Scott Reynolds. Gentlemen, no one believed in the Bucks. Everybody at Pewter Report, except for myself, took the Bucks. Uh, for today's game, but yeah. I kept saying take the over of six and a half wins, and that is a heck of a way to start with that yeah. over with the Bucks beating the Vikings this afternoon. Yeah, this this was this was some game. I'll tell you what. At first, <laughs> this I've seen some bad offense, folks. I've been doing this 28 years covering the Buccaneers. There have been some very bad offensive performances, and I thought we might be heading for that right in the first <laughs> half. The the I can't buy a first down card was being played over and over and over again by Dave Canales, unfortunately. And, uh, and you know, he settled in. I mean, this this was a game really of second half adjustments. Yes. And I'm telling you, Todd Bowles and Dave Canales won that matchup big time in the second half. It wasn't pretty. And I'll tell you what. Get used to this, folks. Okay, never apologize for winning. There is no such thing as an ugly win. Uh, the the Buccaneers are going to have plenty of games like th- like this, and I'm telling you right now. I know we have game balls coming at the end of the, of the program. Chase McLaughlin has not missed yet in the preseason. In the regular season, the 57 yarder was phenomenal, and it proved to be the game winner. And there's a lot to uncover in this game here. But uh, Josh, l- let's hear your initial thoughts. Ryan Suckup would never <laughs> he couldn't. yards. Uh, I disagree with the decision that Bowles made. The result was fantastic. I would have gone for it on fourth and three there. But um, overall, I mean, Baker Mayfield, lot. I mean, it was not a fantastic game. But one yeah. thing you have to say about Baker, and I think it'll come back when we do our Manscaped game balls, yes. Baker's got balls. He does. Right? I mean, no doubt. He's, he's stiff-arming dudes, grabbing yeah. an extra two to three yards lowering his shoulder to deliver a hit on a scramble 
he's a fun player to watch regardless yeah. of how this season's going to end bucks fans should be in for a treat just watching baker because he leaves it all out there and it's yeah. it's fun to watch matt when you look at at baker mayfield right uh there was the stiff arm run there was the the fourth and one quarterback sneak there was the third down touchdown pass sidearm to trey palmer right uh yeah. the, there was there was the the clutch throw to Chris Godwin to, to move the chains. We saw in that second half, especially a lot of what Todd Bowles has said about Baker Mayfield. He's got moxie. I think Baker is at his best when he's playing with that FU mentality. And I think you saw it when he ran out of bounds and he put his helmet in, in, in front of the defender and rushing to make sure he got that first down that kept the drive going and essentially sealed the game for Tampa Bay. But really what I like most about Baker was that he was able to channel through the adversity. I mean, let's be real. We already talked about it a little bit. The offense was terrible to begin with, and Baker was not all of the problem, but he was a major culprit of why the offense was struggling early on. I mean, he was tap dancing back there in the pocket. He did not look comfortable at all, but as the game went on and he started getting into that rhythm, you saw what this offense can be yeah. and what it can look like. We said before the show, we all said it, growing pains were going to happen. Mm -hmm. We saw those growing pains. But with Baker and this offense, we saw the potential of what they can be moving forward. I mean, they had the ball with four minutes left, and yeah. they did not give the football back. That's a sign of a good offense. They went body blow, body blow, bam. Yep. They make her touchdown to Mike Evans, and that really set the offense yeah. in motion. So credit to Baker for – and QB mobility. Mm -hmm. Talked about it a ton. When in crunch time, it was QB mobility that helped the Bucs win this game. Yeah, and I think when you look at this, at least to me, I'm sitting here in the first half, and I'm thinking to myself, this was an offense that just didn't play enough together in the preseason. right? It looked like an offense that played what, – what did they play, five series? Uh, a couple of series in the first game, three in, in the last one. And they just needed more more time together, more work. And I know that there is the uh, – and we appreciate this, the super chat here from Cali Buck 199 Three of 11 start from Baker. I almost turned on him. Uh, you're not the only one. I'm sure there's others that are out there like that. But it just seemed to me, guys, that that this offense just it, – it needs more time. This is a work in progress. Um, the slow start, I think, was was a, a culmination of what we saw. And keep in mind, too, I know Baker looked great in the preseason. That was against vanilla defenses. Some of those Back defenses up. were backups. Yeah. So, uh, and, and listen, Brian Flores drawing that card, right, in week one, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a tough assignment. I, I just had a text exchange with Dave Canales uh, after the game, and he credits Todd Bowles. He said it was hard. Luckily, Coach – prepared us for camp with a variety of those defenses. So uh, didn't look like they were prepared at first, but certainly I think that the, they they became more uh, familiar with those with those Brian Flores' calls. And it, you, you look at, at the, the some of the, the tail of the tape here, right, for the Buccaneers, um, first downs in the first half, one of seven on third down conversions. And then they were five of ten. That's 50% in the second half, big time. Yeah, yeah, they um, they held the ball for over twenty minutes in the second half. Yeah, I, that 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 is huge. That's Especially how Todd Bowles wants to win. Well, and, and it really came into play here because they had no answers for Justin Jefferson. Jefferson was going to continue to yeah, um, just basically play at will against the the soft cover three that they were running. Yeah, uh, some cover two, 
And so I, I think I tweeted it out during the game, like the best defense against Justin Jefferson is if just you're telling me if you want to get on the field, you're going to have to play defense. And judging yeah. by the hit he gave to Christian Izzy, and he probably could. But I'm just saying like that they did a good job of like the only way we're going to control Jefferson is just keep him off the field. And when you control the ball for 20 minutes and three seconds in the second half, you keep the opposing best player off the field. Yeah. And to me, when you look at, at, uh, um, at, at the second half adjustments, right. We talked about <laughs> Dave Canales getting this offense going Baker Mayfield looking much better in that, um, in that, that, uh, uh, second half of the game. But when you look at, at what they did to Justin Jefferson, seven catches, 138 yards in the first half, only two yeah. catches for 12 yards in the second half. Todd Bowles really came to play in the second half as a defensive play caller and mastermind there. He really put the, the locks uh, down on, on Justin Jefferson. And it's all about adjustments, 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 whether it was the offense or, you know, shutting down or limiting Justin Jefferson in the second half. That was really the name of the game for me and really momentum. And I think the Bucks truly picked up that momentum. And uh, Josh, you just mentioned it before, but that interception from Christian Izzy. I mean, first yeah. of all, the defense is the MVP of the game, despite yeah. all the theatrics from Baker. I mean, the defense from every, we saw it last year and then this season for it to already start. And then obviously get rewarded with the win. The defense, I mean, two turnovers in the first quarter, and then Izian with the big, big interception at the goal line. That swung the pendulum the other way in the Bucks' favor, keeping the Vikings out of the end zone, and then knowing they were getting that football to start the third quarter where they went yes. on that extremely long drive. And then, again, benefited. For, the Bucks had a couple of gifts in this game, whether it was the early fumble by Kirk Cousins right. or the uh, the offsides on the on the field goal that was hit and then allowed the, the Trey Palmer touchdown. Bucks had some gifts, but they took advantage of it, especially on that one. But Christian Izian, what a game for him. Yes. His first ever NFL game, first ever NFL start, has the big interception, made a great open field tackle on yes. third down. That yep. was almost better. That was just as good as the interception. And then, you know, again, growing pains, had the pass interference penalty, which I thought was a terrible call in my opinion. I, yeah. I, I didn't get to look at it too many times. But then yeah. he missed the tackle on the next yeah. play. So a little bit of up and down, but way more good than bad from Christian Izian. He deserves a huge shout out for his performance. Yeah. So does Michael Perkins with a 999 super chat. Baker's a Let's stud go. was quite honestly a pretty decent showing in the offense's debut, considering the Vikings defense completely took away the play action and pretty much the same with the run game. Yeah. And I, I'll say this about the run game. Uh, I know that, that Brian Flores did a really good job in terms of, you know, of getting after this offensive line that's that's young and coming together and is revamped. But to me, um, Rashad White really ran tentative. And I, I I wanted to see him just mash the gas a little bit more. He's got to be more decisive. And 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 he was looking for holes and dancing. Sometimes you just got to you just got to pick away left, right, straight, whatever, and just go yeah. full speed ahead to to get some positive yards. Um, th this, this was not the best of Rashad white and we're going to see better versions of him going forward. But I just was kind of disappointed in, in his lack of urgency. And, you know, he could have had a huge run if he would have been able to, I think, accelerate a little quickly. He was ankle tackled, but that could have been a breakaway run for Rashad white. I want to say it was in the third quarter of the game, but, um, you know, they, th 
they got to work on the run game. They ran it enough, Josh, as you said, in the second half to get 20, uh, you know, the time of possession, possess yep. the ball for, for 20 minutes of the game. So they, they did enough in this uh, in this this uh, week one win. And I'm wondering if White just didn't feel connected to the game because of the initial lack of, uh, like, I want to say out of their first, like, 12 play calls, there were two runs. Right. Yeah. So yes. All of the the talk about the Bucks being more run centric. They came Coach out Keith the got game. more opportunities oh than Rashad White. He was their top target in the first half. It was unbelievable. Coach Keith had more targets than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin combined through the first like four drives. Yeah. This this was not like like I was not a big fan of how Canales was calling the first few drives. I think he yeah. he may have gotten a little over amped about like getting too far down the rabbit hole. But man, I was begging him, uh, please stop calling Coquif's number. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that may have had something to do with White. I mean, he really didn't get many opportunities until that nine-minute drive to start the the second half. And I think that may have contributed it to him not being able, you know, feeling a little bit more tentative, not having yeah. a good feel for the game. It's just they they weren't able to get him involved. Not only like that, but I would have loved to have seen, especially the way um, Flores was running running those blitz packages, yeah. they should have had that screen game involved yeah. way earlier than they did. They yeah. had a couple late. They had one um, to Chris Godwin, but that wasn't the old school screen to Chris Godwin. That right. was, hey, we actually have a blocker on the left side and we're <laughs> yes. going to have a lineman pull as well. It, was it a wasn't a bubble screen. screen. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think I think that that may have contributed to it. I think you'll see more from White going forward. Yeah. Byron Turner with another super chat here for us. 499. Thank you so much. Who are the defensive MVPs of this game? Well, you know the rules, folks. Stay uh, tuned. We do game balls at the end of the program, but we also got to follow the rules. When you ask a question with the super chat, we have to answer. We're compelled. That's the rules, folks. So um, uh, on the defensive side, Matt, you mentioned Chris Izian. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to mention – Devin White. I thought Devin White was absolutely fantastic today. 12 tackles. Sometimes, you you know, when you look at the stat sheet and you do some some box score scouting, it doesn't always, like, ring true. Sometimes those tackles are, like, down the field and and all of that. No, Devin White's tackles were near the line of scrimmage. He had a big tackle for loss. He he played as well a, a game of football as I've seen him play in a long time. He was locked in. You can tell this guy's in the contract year. He's up to yes. a great start. Big time plays today from Devin. Him, White. And, him and David both. I mean, the Levante and yes. him, they were huge um, combating Minnesota's screen game. They were involved in um, run defense, you know, holding Minnesota, I want to say, to under three and a half yards of carry. They were involved in some of the pressure packages. But uh, rather than be reductive, I will go with Antoine Winfield, who yeah. came up big early in the game with some huge blitzes, one that yeah. created a pressure uh, or a couple pressures. And then later on, he made a couple of plays on the back end, uh, stopping yeah. some potential big games. Plus so, sack, strip, fumble, yeah. fumble yeah. recovery. Yeah. Big time play. Led to yeah, a field goal. Absolutely. What, uh, so. One thing I just want to say, uh, we're not strangers to seeing Todd Bowles blitz the safety off the edge, but they just were fantastic today, specifically – blitzing the safety and even more yeah. specifically Antoine Winfield Jr. It felt like every time they sent them home, he was right in the grill of Kirk Cousins, not the yes. grills that he wears after the games when he wears the chains. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Right. But I mean, it, it's great to see Antoine back at his natural safety position versus the corner versus nickel corner. Cause again, 
Seems like they may have found their nickel corner of the future. With uh, uh, yeah, he's off to a pretty good start, <laughs> and we have we're starting off strong with you folks, uh, with you pewter people, with these super chats, and another one from Cali Buck here, dollar ninety nine. White was dancing in the whole like Fournette. Yeah, you know it's it's early, right? This is what maybe start number four or five for Rashad White going back to last year. So and and even even those starts, I mean Fournette ended up getting more carries. So uh, we shall see what the future holds for Rashad White. I think we'll see a better version next week from Rashad White against the Bears. Another super chat here from Darius Miller, four ninety nine. It was good to see Logan Hall getting involved. JTS had a fumble recovery too. Yeah, I mean these are two young guys that. The Bucks are counting on to make some plays, and Logan Hall was kind of doing some of that dirty work today. Yeah, and I just had a, a Bucks a brass member uh, text me. It wasn't pretty, but it was gritty, and uh, that's that's how Bucks ball is going to be this year, folks. This is how Todd Bowles wants the game to to be played out, right? To uh, the the stat of the game was turnovers. The Vikings had three; those were forced. Two of them were forced. Really, one yes. was a gimme. Uh, but then the Buccaneers protected the ball. And the first rule of football, can't beat yourself. Three penalties for 19 yards for Tampa Bay. Six penalties for 45 yards, including a big one on a field goal attempt, yeah. Matt, that, that led to a touchdown drive. Yeah, the, the Vikings, uh, not that I want to speak for the Vikings, but they could definitely look at that game and say that they beat themselves too. I mean, that yeah. that, offside, that offsides penalty, inexcusable. Because we've seen the Bucs lose many times beforehand where they are the ones making those mistakes. But the Bucs yes. capitalized on all of that. And let's let's not forget, even the one where the Bucs got lucky, the first one with the Joe Tronchenka forced fumble. Right. The Vikings were driving. Like, they were in field yes. goal range. Oh, they yeah. were going to come away with 24-yard line. Yeah. yeah. Again, they don't fumble it there. They kick a field goal. That game's going to overtime. Maybe Rashad White gets to 49 yards, which I needed. For, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <over there>. Christian <laughs> literally pulled the ball out of the end zone. Yeah. He really did, yeah. That, that was a touchdown. And and so what the commenter said about Logan Hall, I mean, that was very Golston-esque, right? Yeah, like, That was it a was. Will Golston performance. Right, it was. Yeah, there's, there's the strip right there by Izzy and just literally took it out of KJ Osborne's hands. Right there. So that was a fantastic play. Uh, Les Evans, $5 super chat. Winfield strip on Cousins was huge. Yes. And uh, and so was that recovery. I mean, that's the trifecta right there. The sack, the force fumble, and the fumble recovery by the, the hometown kid. Played his football yeah. at University of Minnesota. Uh, so it was a great homecoming for Antoine Winfield Jr. Wait, did you guys know that his dad played for the Vikings? <laughs> yes. We never talk about that. We never yeah. talk about that. Antoine Winfield Jr.'s dad played for the Vikings. I remember that back in the day, Matthew. I, I was alive to see him play football. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the old man of the podcast. Yes, I, I, I was there. Matter of fact, I watched Antoine Winfield Sr. play for Ohio State when he was a cornerback a and a first-round pick. So that's how old I am. Some of you old folks out there might remember uh, these five dollar super chats. Just keep rolling in. I think we've got another one here. No, maybe that. Would, oh, here you go. Gosh, news on Cansey from SPNX uh, two dollars. No, and boy, uh, Todd Bull said he's going to have to to see what's going to happen. They'll probably have to do another MRI. But man, it's you know they they were hopeful that this guy would be past this injury and. Uh, for it to flare up again like that, I'm just guessing here, but maybe it's just a precautionary thing. He felt it kind of tweak or pull a little bit, and they just shut him down. I, I just don't know. I'm just not sure. And he looked good early in the game. Yeah. And the big hit on Kirk Cousins, I want to say, on the first drive of the game. Yes. 
Yeah, it's a nice little stunt inside that, on third down. Right. It's like finally we got to watch him, <laughs> and even that <laughs> yes. only a little bit. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, Callie Buck says PR making money today. Matt, you're going to do this my bookie read, but I'm just telling you, folks. I had a day today. I, I picked the Buccaneers with three different um, bets. I picked. Uh, I got early point spreads on the money line, and or I should say, I got two money line bets early, like a couple weeks ago, and then I I bet. The point spread today. And so I cashed in on about 50 large today, just from the Buccaneers. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars on my bookie, they want me another 20 bucks. So I've had a day and I had a day yesterday. I might retire from betting thanks to my bookie. I'm I, I might retire, period, thanks to my bookie with my winnings. So Matt, um, when you look at at uh at, at my bookie, the point spread four and a half today. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh it, did did Vegas did, did we guess right and Vegas guess wrong in this? I guess that was the case. Well, it's interesting because even like as as far as like Thursday and Friday, it was at <clears> six and a half. When I did Twitter yeah. picks and props this week, right, it was at six and a half. And I said, take that. I said, take the under of 45 and a half. And for everything that we've talked about, you know, the Vikings play in a lot of close one possession games. They were undefeated last year in that category. Not no today, boss. not this season. <laughs> They're 0 1 this year. The under, yeah. because the Bucks defense keeps them in games and they don't allow twenty more than 21 points in a game, they only allow 17 in this one, and the Bucks yep. offense did just enough. That under hit, so I was 2-0 with those picks. I hit the Mike Evans over receiving yards, 56.5. Yep. Didn't make it on the um, on the Rashad White one, but that's okay. You know, that's work right, in yeah. progress. And then K.J. Osborne made three receptions. So if, there you, if go. you followed my picks... Uh, you definitely won yourself some money, but you can use the promo code pewter at uh, mybookie.ag, P-E-W-T-E-R. Yeah. Get a, a deposit bonus, 10% cash on uh, any of the bonuses that uh, you sign up for. And uh, you could do a maximum of $200, minimum of 45 But use that promo code, get some free cash in your bank yeah. account at mybookie.ag. Speaking of cash, uh, the Super Chats keep rolling in here. Blueberry uh, with an SGD. Uh, I used to remember with that that denomination is uh or that that currency sgd south no <laughs> Anyways, anyway thanks for the 698 what's that yeah, it could be singapore dollars okay sure sounds good uh, an undrafted <laughs> rookie picked off cousins in his first career game but the nfl chooses to go crazy about the justin jefferson tackle well it's a highlight type play i don't know i thought the izzy interception was a highlight to me but hey, whatever. Um, the Vikings about to start off zero and two, folks, because they go to Minnesota. Or Minnesota goes to Philadelphia on Thursday night, so they're going to be licking their wounds. Uh, and they play then Kansas City. Week. They play Kansas City. Like maybe not the next week, but I think the the week after. So yeah. Minnesota has a really tough schedule starting out, and they did themselves no favors by going zero and one against the Bucks. And yeah. their offensive line is already banged up. Right. Yeah. Derek, Derek oh yeah. Saw lost part two guys. Of the game, and then Bradbury was out for like the remainder of the game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark Fisher here. He always gives us uh, donations rather than super chats, but we appreciate you, Mark. Do you guys feel this win was important to move past Brady, or is that overblown? I I don't think anybody was thinking about Tom Brady today. I yeah. I think that 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That, uh, you know, maybe the announcers in the NFL world, you know, they, they might be thinking about Brady, but I, I don't think the Bucs are yeah, thinking about Brady You know what anymore. I think it is, too, guys, is because it's a, it's a new offense, it very much feels like they've wiped the slate clean. And it's like, you know, today's game, when they were struggling, I don't think anyone was going, you know what they need right now? Tom Brady. Like, Brady's going to yeah. bring him back. So <laughs> right. I think the new offense has kind of helped everybody yeah. move on from that. But we have another Super Chat. Appreciate all you guys. Yeah. Super Chat. Let's go. Uh, Callie, Bluff, Callie Bucks with the 499 Super Chat says, too many Buck fans not following this channel. Agreed. The report breaks a lot of news early. A lot of fans follow bad sources and makes conversations with them. <laughs> hard yeah i mean appreciate that yeah very kind words thank you and yeah sometimes people say stuff and they have no idea what they're talking about yeah hey we're closing in on twelve thousand pewter people subscribing to our youtube channels we really appreciate that as much as we appreciate these super chats that's awesome we want the likes and the subscriptions so and we say subscriptions all it is is just it's a hitting a button it's free to subscribe yeah just hit that make sure you like all of our videos make sure you're liking matt's uh Pewter picks and props every Friday. My Pewter pulses will have one out tomorrow. The Pewter Report podcast. Just hit all of those those likes for us, and that helps our algorithm gets us in front of more Pewter people like you. Mark Fisher with another uh, question here. So, do you guys just feel like we beat a higher echelon team? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I Josh, I, I think you and I t- talked about it this week. The the Vikings were kind of smoking mirrors with all of those yeah. those wins at the end of of games last year it just reminded me so much of, of the bucks 2010 season with josh freeman coming back and beating a lot of bad teams that 10 and 6 record under raheem morris just felt like smoke and mirrors so no i i picked the bucks to win because i thought they were better than the vikings yeah uh, the vikings went 13 and 4 last year they were 11 and 0 in one score games completely unsustainable you see it year after year after year somebody just happens to win a bunch in a row and yeah. it's not something that they can continually do. They proved it today by losing a one-score game. Um, typically, teams are about 500 in one-score yeah. games. So if you adjust for that, which is adjusting luck out of the Vikings from last year, right. you're looking at a team that was, what, uh, two and four outside of one-score games. Yeah. You give them six and five. It's like an eight-win team. So yeah. the Bucks beat a team that's probably got the true talent level of about an eight- or nine-win team. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. right around what the Bucks are. So mm-hmm. yeah, they beat and, a, oh, and a fair opponent. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, Josh. I was going to say, this is kind of like a coin flip game. You could go yeah. either way, and it, like neither one would really be shocking unless it was right. a blowout on, on one end of the spectrum or the other. So I definitely think the Bucks beat someone that was on an even playing field with them. Yeah. And it's like, if the Bucks would have lost, I don't think anyone would have been crazy shocked. Matt, when you look at this, right, this is this is an NFC team that they beat, right? If the Lions, who are 1-0, right, if the Lions win the NFC North, the Vikings will be competing for the wild card spot, right? Yes. Who knows what's going to happen with the NFC South, That's but this game could come all the way back at the end of the season and help the yep. Buccaneers if there's a head-to-head between the Bucs and Vikings for a playoff spot, right? 
Absolutely, 100%. And that makes next week's game that much more exciting, too. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But playing the Bears, if you stack another win, as Bruce Arians likes to say, you stack another win against an NFC team that is fighting for a playoff spot down the road, you start building up those tiebreakers right away, even though you're not even really thinking about it. But back to the Super Chats, shall Mm -hmm. we? Byron Turner, 499. Thank you so much, Byron. You've been great uh, on the Peter Game Day show as well. Really enjoy chatting with you. Uh, Byron says D needs to avoid blown coverages on seam routes. If they want to reach nine and eight, no room this year. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, look at the adjustments that Todd Bowles made in the second half. I mean, completely took Justin Jefferson out of the game and I'm gonna have to go back to the film and, and yeah. really kind of see what, what was transpiring. It just, uh, again, you can do a little bit of, of, uh, you know, of, of scouting here in the box score and it, I'm not really good in math, but I know that seven catches for 138 yards for Justin Jefferson in the first half is a lot. And two catches for 12 yards in the second half is not a lot. So based on that, I'm going to say Todd Bowles in this defense, they did a number on Justin Jefferson and they basically said, okay, we're going to do what we can to take this guy away. And we're going to force TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, the rookie Jordan Addison to beat us. And that didn't happen. Absolutely. Uh, to the commenter's point, yeah, I mean, the carrying the seam and cover three has been something I've been screaming about for a couple yeah. of years now. Um, he's got to figure that out because it'll continue to be exploited and they go up against some pretty good receivers this year. But yeah. um, it seems like those second half adjustments did help. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of the blitzing that worked so successfully on the first few drives. Right. Um, you know, you didn't really see Antoine Winfield blitzing again in the second half, at least yeah. not live look. Obviously, like you said, Scott, taking a look at the the tape afterwards may prove a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but th- that that was the big key. You know, yeah. he, he, Jefferson was burning them. He was basically the only thing burning them outside of the the blown match coverage that allowed Jordan Addison to get the touchdown. And the Bucks were able to make that adjustment, something that they struggled in in years past. Second half adjustments. And That's they right. Got it, and it helped deliver the W. Yeah, yeah, you could suck all you want in the first half as long as you make the adjustments and turn <laughs> it around. How you finish, half. not how you start. Yeah, um, I, I will say this about Todd Bowles: he gets maligned a lot, and and, and maybe deservedly so, right? I'm, I'm not going to sit there and agree with that necessarily, but because uh, I'm kind of in Bowles' corner, I just I think that he got better certainly today in a lot of aspects, not just as a defensive play caller in the second half. But when he gambled today, he gambled correctly, right? Except for challenging the spot where, you know, he lost the timeout, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, that, if that's his worst gaffe, okay, fine. But when you think about this, in crunch time, you know, this is a guy that's been maligned for some poor game clock management and, mm-hmm. and game situation management. Fourth and one. On his own 30-ish yard line, he calls for a QB sneak. And he's he's telling the offense, setting the tone, we're going to get a yard this year, damn it. We're going to. And Baker Mayfield got the quarterback sneak. That paid off. Then as that drive continued, he settled for a 57-yard field goal. He trusts his kicker, Chase McLaughlin. And McLaughlin, once again, delivered for this team. And a 57-yarder ended up being the game winner. And in, in doing that and not going for it, on fourth down, fourth and three, uh, on the other side of, of the 50-yard line, the Viking side of the field, he trusted his defense. He said, I, we've got this thing figured out. We're not going to let Justin Jefferson beat us. We're not going to let Kirk Cousins beat us. We're going to get off the field. Carlton Davis made a hell of a play. 
and the Buccaneers yes. salted away a win. So I, I just think that the, the Todd Bowles, was it lucky? Was it calculated? I don't know. He made the right calls. He gambled correctly, and uh, he took some chances. And and he also, you know, he's, he's got the rookie play caller um, and Dave Canales, and he said, all right, we're going to get the ball back for you, and you win the game for us. And he doubted the right play calls and, and got the win. But I, I thought Ty Bowles, aside from just a defensive play caller, called a very good game as a head coach. Yeah, I, I would agree with most of that. I, again, I said I didn't agree with the 57-yard field goal. It turned out well. Obviously, McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin's got the leg. But yeah. I'll add a couple of that I thought were really smart decisions. Number one, I thought it was smart to challenge the spot on the ball, and I think they still got it wrong on the review. Yeah, I agree. Personally. Um, but I think that in that situation, you have to call that. I 1,000% agree with his decision there, Whether yeah. even though it didn't break his way. The other one that I thought was really prescient was um, – when the Vikings crowd was absolutely lit, Baker couldn't get a check. Yes. Called right. to everybody because I think they were in empty at the time. Yes. Um, ends up, uh, Hainsey rushes the, the snap. Yes. Baker Would have been a fumbled snap. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Baker fumbles it. But all of that was for naught because Todd Bowles called a timeout with one second That's left. That's right. On the play Great call. call. And I thought that was a fantastic in the obviously you don't want to have to call that there but right. given the situation he made the absolute right call thank goodness the nfl changed a few years ago to allowing head coaches to make timeout calls on the sidelines right um and i think he used that really well and it, it was a huge play because you saw baker ends up fumbling that snap yeah he picked it up he was starting to kind of duck around but you have no clue what happens then that all hell breaks loose and he right. avoided it yep super chat here from spinks uh, two dollars when are the Bucks going to name captains? Uh, we kind of told you on the Pewter pregame show, and that's why you got to pay attention to the Pewter pregame show. If you report, we do tell you things. We got some scoop. Uh, Todd Bowles pretty much said that uh, he wants to wait a couple weeks until uh, the leaders really kind of emerge because not everybody was here in the offseason, meaning Devin White. So he wants to make sure yeah. that Devin White <laughs> gets the C on his chest. Uh, I got a little C on my chest for Celsius here. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's that's why. Uh, the, they'll they'll name some captains here pretty soon, but he wants to make sure Devin has an opportunity to get a C on his chest, and that's okay. I mean, Todd's the head coach; Devin's his guy. He's the captain of his defense and leader of the Bucks defense here. Several well, hey, other super chats come in, and you saw some. I mean, they they sent captains out for the coin toss, and it was the usual suspects, right? It was yeah. Evans, it was Baker, it was Devin White, it was Levante David, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. I mean, they, the usual suspects, exactly. Yep. Scott, since you mentioned the C and Celsius, I just have it on the mind. I want to talk a little bit more about it. Celsius. So let's hear from our friends over at Celsius. Energized with Celsius energy drinks. They have such an assortment of great flavors. The Arctic Vibe personally is my favorite, but you can't go wrong with any other flavors that they have, including their newest one, the uh, Cosmic Vibe, the, the sparkling fruit punch. Uh, no sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. 
absolutely delicious. If you need to know where to find one, go to the Celsius store locator on their website. Punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you could find one at your Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven convenience store, health and wellness store, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you get, someone in the comments before said, I can imagine Scott would lose his voice if Yaya Diaby went to a bodega. It <laughs> <laughs> yes. was a great comment. But anyway, yes. uh, once you go into your bodegas and you love them so much, but you want more, that's when you get the variety pack. Um, get it in bulk over at uh, Amazon. Do the subscribe and save. Uh, it's varieties of spice of life. So get as many flavors as you can. You have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You set it up every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Yep. We have some more super chats to get to. You guys are just coming through like. like yeah. Wayne Hilton. Wayne you're Hilton. coming through like, like Chase McLaughlin here with, with, the, yeah. with not just a $2, but a $20. Exactly. What? Super chat. Yeah. Let's go. Wayne, thank you so much. If you have yeah. a separate comment, Wayne, we will uh, we'll put it up. It. If you have a comment, question, a yeah. statement, or anything like that. Uh, Big MGM with the 199 super chat says, not Baker's best game, but he was clutch, no doubt. That was the first thing Baker said when he got up when he got yeah. up there was like, Yeah, it was not pretty. <laughs> it was not pretty in the first half, but you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. We've seen before the Bucks can look good early on. And then they falter down the stretch. I'd much rather have it this way because, uh, again, a lot of the a lot of untapped potential for the Bucks. Yeah, I think Baker played to a lot of the narratives that surround him. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, he held onto the ball a little too long. Uh, his pocket presence wasn't always the greatest. He was inaccurate even on a lot of the passes that he completed. Right, Mike Evans. Thank goodness for that that wingspan and his catch radius because. At six foot five, Baker was still finding ways to throw the ball above him, like yeah. considerably so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and despite that, the one narrative that surrounds him that I think is not necessarily the most accurate narrative is that um, he's uh, a turnover pro, right? And there weren't right. really any turnover worthy plays that he uh, or throws that he made that I can yeah. think of. Um, and that was the going back to Scott, your point, right? That right. helped them. They had one turnover on the day. It was a fumble that had nothing to do with Baker. And um, and and that was the difference in the game. Yep. Another $5 super chat here, this time from Animal. Animal. Baker played great and in the end won the game. Plain and simple. Please, let's enjoy the win and move on. Yes. Uh, this, this season is going to be gritty, not pretty. <laughs> so... Um, just get used to it, folks. That's that's just how it's going to be. But again, never apologize for winning. Uh, they're they're too hard to come by. So, uh, I, I'm I'm. Uh, th this is how Todd Bowles knows that he needs to win. He needs to have some grinded out type performances. This offense is is not ready for prime time just yet. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of improvement that needs to to happen here. The Bucks defense does have to wear the Superman's cape. Yeah. And you look last year, guys. They had 10 fumble recoveries and, and 10 interceptions, right? They fell way short of their annual goal of 30 takeaways on defense. They only had 20. They had three today. That's a hell of a start. Yeah. And those those takeaways on defense were absolutely huge. And, Matt, I think you said it best earlier. I mean, the defense really won this game as, as much as Baker and Chase McLaughlin did. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a team win, but, but keeping – the Vikings to 17 points or less was just so huge. 
yeah, and I really think everyone played their part too. We could talk about yeah. the offense in a little bit, but sure, there were certain stars that stood out, like Antoine Winfield Jr., for sure. But Logan yeah. Hall, who we talked about earlier, making that tackle for loss. Shaq Barrett, I thought, did a great job on certain run plays. He really set the edge and made sure that you know they weren't able to turn it yeah. outside for a big play. Outside right. of the first play of the game on defense, when I think the Vikings ran for about an eight-yard game, they yeah. were fantastic stopping the run. They were absolutely fantastic. Vita Vea had a big tackle uh, in the goal line situation. Right. And Vita Vea, shout out to him. There was the one play, it was the screen, I believe, to Max. Yeah. And Vea chased it down. 20, 15 yards down the field to yeah. catch the running back. It was like the one play where Devin White got hurt and he was out and KJ Britt was in. I'm not putting all the blame on KJ Britt. Right, right. Um, well, but yeah, that play by Vita was. Yeah, and then the the goal line. I know it, it ended up being for not because the Vikings scored. I want to say on the next play, but down at the goal line, I think they were at like the half a yard line, yeah. and Vea just stuffs a run all by himself, drives Madison back uh, backwards for a two yard loss, and he, they were just they were absolutely stout against the run. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, as as Emily notes, uh, don't forget about that clutch kick. That's exactly right. I mean, Chase McLaughlin. Um, well, we're, that's not Chase McLaughlin. I have, I have a picture of Chase McLaughlin here, and he deserves to have his picture shown. So I'm going to find it, and I'm going to load it up for you. Just to we give Chase a little little well, on-air time. Boom, there well, he is. There he is. There and, he is. And some other special teams play. Camardo was solid. And Zion McCollum as a, yes. a oh, gunner. Yes. Great yep. call. Zion was killing it in terms of uh, punt coverage today. Really yep. helped the Bucks maintain some field position advantages. Yep. Uh, super chats keep rolling in, so we got to get to them. Uh, Christopher Oxentine with a $5 super <laughs> chat here. Um, I have a seven-hour drive ahead of me tomorrow back to Kansas City with a Vikings fan wife that isn't happy. Rashad White looked not as explosive as I hoped. So my advice to you would be to put your wife in the back seat and crank the music up really loud and just ignore her for that drive because she's not going to be happy any happier tomorrow than she is today. So my advice um, is put on the pewter report podcast tomorrow while she's in the car. I love it. I love that promo. That's fantastic, <laughs> Josh. Uh, yeah. Rashad white did not look as explosive as, as, uh, as many thought he would be. And, and Sean Tucker did a little bit. We'll see if, if Tucker gets a little bit more carries, but uh, the one thing that we, we will tell you about is uh, since you mentioned the pewter report podcast, we have one um, tomorrow at, at yeah. four o'clock and we were going to do roll call. But uh, if you had so much fun today with Matt Matera, and why wouldn't you? It's Matt. Make sure that you join us uh, next Sunday for all the fun at Pewter Game Day. That starts at noon with our live pregame show, followed by our live in-game analysis at 1 o'clock. So this Sunday, a very fun Sunday. I'm expecting an even, even more fun Sunday uh, next Sunday. So make sure that you make Pewter Game Day your choice on Sundays or any Bucks game day. All right, Matt. Let's. Um, we have more Super Chats to get to. We, we have do. a couple, yeah. Scott Jacks, thank you for the 499 super chat. Says, like I said, Minnesota was a key win. Now Chicago at home, two and zero. Then the Eagles, dot dot dot. Monday Night Football, <laughs> dot dot dot. Anything can happen. Do we believe? I believe that the Bucks will be competitive with a lot of teams out there yeah. and will compete to win the NFC South. Do I believe that they're a Super Bowl contender? Yeah. No, I do not. Do yeah. I think that they can make the playoffs? I think they could sneak in. I think they could sneak in. Um, so that, I guess that kind of answers believing. Yeah. Seeing is believing, right? Right. Richard uh, uh, Tara, Tara Oka 
with a, uh, a comment here. Can we get some love for Jake Kamarda? Yes, and that love will come in about 10 minutes from Josh Capo, who will probably be getting <laughs> Came him to the right ball. place. So, <laughs> yes. Speaking of special teams, we'll give a little love to Zion as a gunner was beast from Angle there, too. I definitely appreciate that. Um, you know who else is a bit of a beast? Um, he didn't look it. He, he doesn't look like, like a beast like in a bad way, uh, but in a very good way. Uh, Eric Gross is a beast when it comes to finding houses. He is like a house hunter. Uh, all we're asking you to do is if you need to buy or sell your house, or you, you want to buy a new house, um, he, Eric's the guy. Uh, Eric and Caitlin Gross, they're, they're a fantastic dynamic duo. Um, uh, probably not the best hands uh, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have, although Mike dropped the touchdown today, if i got to be honest. Caught one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they are hands-on when it comes to finding houses. And and I'll tell you where to go to find houses. That's housesnfla.com. That's the website of the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. It takes a full-team effort to win a football game, just like it takes a full-team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of real estate transactions in this market. They've got experience for all types of situations. And trust me, they will make the right audible. They will make the right second half adjustments to get you the best price for your home when you sell it and the best price when you move into your new home. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and a Tampa native. His father was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication skills necessary to get the job done, as well as the commitment to excellent service. That sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors, a network of over 85,000 agents with the EXP Realty Group, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into reality. Their clients are lifelong friends, not just transactions. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Go to the Eric Gross Group. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website again, housesinfla.com. View their inventory or give them a call at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group. Again, the official realtor. Of Peter Report. I want to get your guys' opinion on this because, Scott, you mentioned it uh, talking about Eric Gross Group with Mike Evans. And yeah. I got to ask this as well during the Peter Game Day stream. What do you guys think of Evans' performance? Because obviously he had the big play with the touchdown and, and, and started to get it going in the second half, but obviously a very odd start. I want to get another yeah. look at that deep ball that baker Me too. threw on third down yep. to him because i wasn't necessarily at first i thought baker completely overthrew it but i also had the same thought when he threw that touchdown to trey palmer in the preseason in that first game and mm-hmm. then i was like did mike like should have mike caught it and then the game kept going and you know <laughs> life moved on um but that and then as you mentioned scott the the little slant play on uh, i don't remember if it was third down or not but the one that yeah. he should have caught near the goal line that should have been a touchdown yeah. What'd you right. guys make of Mike's performance? Because it was a little all over the place. I thought it was uneven. I think that's the word I would use to describe it. Made made some plays. Obviously, the touchdown was clutch. Uh, caught more passes than he dropped, but did have. Um, I, I think he might have had a shot at that deep ball you're talking about there, um, and, and maybe just with the degree of difficulty, I'll, I'll let that one slide. But the one that hit him let the pass get right into his chest. On that slant, that should have been a walk-in touchdown, especially with the defensive back falling down. So the Bucks got bailed out there because that, I believe, was the drive where they lined up for the field goal. The Vikings lined up offsides. The drive continued, and Trey Palmer scored the touchdown, if, if my memory serves. Yeah. The the deep one you guys are talking about, was that the sideline ball where 
the Correct. go ball. Yeah, yes. so yeah. I think the narrative around Evans changes completely if he gets the flag that he probably should have gotten, right? One of the things... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That Bucks fans have come to know about Mike Evans is for all the yards that he's amassed over his career, you know, mm-hmm. there's probably a 30, 35% bump in terms of um, flags that he draws downfield, right? Yeah. Just, just DPIs. And yeah. from what I saw on that play, I really think that that, that was a DPI. And if yeah. that gets called, it's a spot foul that puts them right in, you know, in, in field goal range. They're yeah. driving. I think they may have even been in the red zone at that point. And if he gets that, I think the narrative around his performance today is completely different because you're adding yeah. in 38, 40, whatever right. the, the yardage would have been on top of t- six catches, 66 yards, a touchdown, 10 targets. So I think that makes a huge difference. And that's a call he normally gets and not quite sure why he didn't draw at that time. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, uh, and we have a question here from Tom Healy. Just important that we note that Todd Bowles didn't have any answer on Kalijah Kansi. We do know it was a, a calf injury again. Don't know the severity of it. Don't know if it was just like he like felt it kind of tug a little bit and they just shut him down, or if he full on pulled it again. And if that's the case, we might be looking at weeks, maybe another month or so for Kalijah Kansi. But we'll know more probably not even tomorrow because. They'll have to do the MRI tomorrow, so my guess is probably late Monday night or Tuesday we'll have some answers on Kalijah Kansi, unless it was like a little bit of a tweak and they shut him down from a precautionary measure and they can get the MRI done early in the morning, but we'll see. It's something we'll ask Todd Bowles, but yeah, if he doesn't have an update, <laughs> not much yep. more we can do with it. And, hey, at least Logan Hall stepped up. Vita Vea still looked like a monster. Yeah. Mike Green got a... Got some playing time in there yeah. as well. So, yeah, it will it obviously stinks when it's your first-round pick and everyone's excited to see him play, especially after not participating in, in the preseason. Yep. Uh, but the Bucs have enough guys in there to, you know, combat losing Kalaja Kansi, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you're late joining us, uh, these were the pewter predictions that we had on the, on the pewter pregame show. Um, Matt? Uh, took an L, but you know what? I agree with you, Matt. This is a game that's a coin toss game. Like if you play this game ten times, uh, it might be five to five. It, it might be six to four yeah. with either either one of the teams winning. So we can't fault you for picking the Vikings in a three point win. No one's going to go seventeen and zero picking that's these right. games. That's right. So exactly. Know, more power yeah. To you if you do. Yep. Um, we. I, I think I came close. Uh, Twenty three twenty at a three point game. Uh, so did Josh. A little high scoring there. Yep. Uh, with a with another three point game, but by and large, we we all thought this was going to be a very close game. You know, Bailey went out there on the limb with a twenty three to seventeen. Uh, he thought another Chase McLaughlin field goal was was in the, the cards, but it, it wasn't today. So. I'm pretty sure Adam went prices right on you, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably I think he did. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, folks, uh, do we have any more super chats? We kind of do. Let's yeah, we have two. Animal, uh, $5. How can I get Scott Reynolds to join me on my show for a one-on-one interview? All right, Animal, you and I go way back. 
Uh, email me at sr at peterreport.com and I'll come on your show. How about that? Just for you, my friend. There you um, go. Animals, longtime Buccaneer fan. I want to say, are you living in, in the Midwest now? Iowa? Am I right about that? I think so. I'm, I'm happy to come on, Animal. You definitely deserve it. Appreciate the super chat, too. So if you pay me in super chats, I'm going to come on your show, too. That that helps out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cali Bucks, $199. Uh, and I'm cheap. I'm five dollars. Like you know, you only need to show and pay us five bucks. I mean, hell, you know, uh, we'll work for for money. Um, uh, Matt looks ready for a nap. Go bucks. Matt Matera, one of the hardest working dudes. He put in an hour in the pregame show. He did the three hours of uh, a pewter game day, live in game analysis, and the post game. So yes, a well deserved Matt is or a well deserved oh, nap you. is in store for Matt. He I appreciate the kind words. Sadly, oh, I just naturally look this way. Like, I remember in high school all the time, people were like, oh, my God. Are... In high school, people would be like, are you high? Are you high? I'm like, no. Like, I'm just chilling. So, You're high so, on life, Matt. I so what, am high on life. What most people don't know, like, when, when we do, like, when we go to, like, Buck's training camp or even, like, when he goes to the games, like, he is always the last guy to leave the press room. Yes. Every single time, like yeah. without a doubt, you get a text like, Hard work I don't man. like this. Let's talk about the box. Three and a half hours after <laughs> I've left, I get a text from him, just finished right. up, headed out. It's yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah, Les Evans, uh, Evans wants to buy you a Celsius. So there All you right, go. I'm down with that, Les, anytime. Exactly. Well, folks, we're getting close to the end of our pewter postgame show, and you know what that means. Uh, it's, it's the Here most wonderful go. time of the show. It's the time for the Manscaped read that I will do, and I'm trying not to crack up, uh, as well as Game Balls, presented by Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Okay. All right, let's see what Manscaped has uh, has dialed up for today, shall we? If I can get to the right read here. Um, you guys be thinking about your, your, uh, your picks. I, I have mine, and it might surprise you a little bit here, but here we go. Today, we're here with the sponsor, uh, for your bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like babies, the delicate little guys have sensitive skin. And here, I'm fine. I'll do it. You can see my face. All right. I'll try not to crack up. But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's Platinum Package comes in. Your razors from shower care to th this package goes above and beyond the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful little boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com and use the promo code Pewter20 for 20% off plus free shipping. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this little package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside the Platinum Package, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker air, or Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Ultra Premium Body Wash, the Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and the Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver, Anti-Shaping Ball Deodorant. Lots of good stuff in the Ultra Premium Package, uh, the Manscaped 4.0. Uh, make sure you get 20% off and free shipping when you use promo code Pewter20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And uh, you deserve the, the platinum package because the gold standard is just not longer good enough. So there we go. Uh, let's get on with uh, with the picks, fellas. Uh, Matt, you go first since you uh, need the nap the most. We'll get you off the air first. So, um, 
Who gets your game ball today, Matt? Oh, man, uh, a lot of people to choose from. But, Scott, you had mentioned him before, and he's come under a lot of ridicule, um, especially for some of his antics this offseason. But get live 45, Devin White making all of those tackles. Uh, what was it, 12 tackles in the game? Just looking, yeah, 12 tackles, just looking like a team leader. Exciting, ready to go, obviously looking for that big payday. He yep. went as the defense went today, and I thought he did a terrific job, so he gets my game ball. Yep, I love it. Uh, Josh, how about you? Who gets your game ball of the week presented gonna, by Manscaped? I'm going to split it between two players. From oh, come on, you can't split your balls. I am, I Don't am, split well, your balls. You get one per ball. It hurts. I I, I'm going to do one per ball, and okay. <laughs> whether it hurts or not, I feel like it's important. In a three-point right. game, to have two turnovers in your own, like the opposing offense is in your yep. red zone, I've got to give it to Antoine Winfield Jr. for forcing the fumble and right. Christian Izian for the uh, end zone interception yep. um, to really save two Viking scores and ultimately save the game. Yep. That's, those are great picks. I can't argue with those now. Um, you know, I, I, somebody needs to give it to Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, he's, right. You know, he made enough plays, but I'm a defensive guy and I can't do that. So uh, sorry, Baker. I mean, you had a great game. And if, if I was going to split my game balls like Josh, I would give you one as well. Maybe I'll do that. Okay, fine. If Josh is going to break the rules, then damn it, I'm going to follow suit. Um, and you're such a bad influence, trailblazer, Josh. such a bad influence. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield because uh, it wasn't pretty early on. But you know what? He didn't quit. This guy just kept plugging away. And it was it was gritty. Um, well, hang on one second here. I've just got an important text here. This is regards to Kalaja Kansi. Don't think it's a setback or a restrain. I think it's just tightened up and they didn't want to risk it. So that is coming from a very higher up source. Just got via text. So good. You good news for Kalaja Kansi. That's, yeah. That's why you watch this show. That's why you watch the show. Breaking news like this. Yeah getting all sorts of texts. So that's a good one. So anyways, back to Baker. Uh, for me, it was the the stiff arm, right? It was the stiff arm. It was the fourth and one QB sneak. Um, it was the throw to Chris Godwin. Uh, the throw to Coquif, I mean, if Coquif catches that, it's a touchdown. I mean, if we're being honest. So I, I thought Baker played well enough today to get the win and the Bucks won. Uh, was it all Baker? No, it wasn't. Uh, but this guy right here gets my other game ball. I love kickers just as much as I love running backs. I love good kickers. I love good running backs. The Bucks didn't have a good running back today, but they had a good kicker. Chase McLaughlin was perfect on extra points, perfect on his two field goals. His 57-yarder was the game winner. Ryan Suckup couldn't do that, and I love Ryan Suckup to death. So uh, Chase McLaughlin still perfect in Tampa Bay, uh, and uh, he deserves a game ball for sure because, uh, I mean, won the game winner, 57-yarder. That's that's, that's that's a hell of a Buccaneers yeah. debut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. It's exactly why they brought him in to hit these yeah. types of field goals. I also think Todd Bowles and Dave Canales deserve a, a game ball strictly for the the halftime adjustments for everything that we talked about. Just yeah. getting this team on the right track in that second half. Yeah, Anakin's hyper. I appreciate that, Scott. With the live info, nice. Scott's the real MVP. No, Peter reports the real MVP. Uh, all of the Peter report staff has done a fantastic job. Uh, not just today with our game day coverage and make sure you're checking that out at pewterreport.com where we've got stories galore. Uh, we, we're going to have um, uh, more stories coming later this afternoon and this evening, including my two point conversion. I think most impressive, most disappointing, probably up by now, as well as Bailey's game story. We're going to have analysis continuing through the night into tomorrow. I have a new Pewter Pulse video or two. I might have time to do two tonight 
for tomorrow and uh, and the next day. But um, make sure that you are following Pewter Report TV. That's our YouTube channel. It's where you guys are watching this, probably. And make sure you're subscribing to that. Give us the likes. We appreciate those. Leave a comment, too, um, unless you don't yeah. like the show. Then then just keep, keep your mouth Yourself. shut. Yeah. <laughs> but make sure that you're following us on social media, at Pewter Report, on X, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. And we greatly appreciate all of the love you guys gave us today. Yes. Holy smokes with the super chats. So that's yes. Awesome. Thank you to all the pewter people. So much fun interacting with you guys. It's even better when the Bucks win as well, because everyone's yes. in a pretty good mood. We'll have a show tomorrow at 4 p.m. Yeah. We'll also have ones. Uh, so our schedule for the season, if the Bucks play on Sunday, yep. we do uh, Monday, uh, Monday at 4 p.m., Wednesday and Friday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, all at 4 p.m. Yep. And then Sunday, we do the Pewter Game Day show, uh, pregame, live in-game stream, and then the, the post-game show, depending on when the yep. game ends. So, right. uh, yeah. Kelly Bucks is, has got a great point here. Pewter Report brings the accurate Bucks news. We need more fans in here. Here's my challenge to you guys. Text your friends. Text your, your Bucks buddies. Let them know about the Pewter Report podcast. Let them know about Pewter Report TV, our YouTube channel. Let them know about pewterreport.com. So this is a... Uh, an all-points bulletin for all you Peter people. We love you guys. Let's get more people in the chat. Let's get more interaction. Let's get get more subscribers. And we appreciate you guys uh, in, in the best way possible. And we're going to do roll call tomorrow at 420. Yeah. It's the best part about say, Monday's show outside of a exactly. bucket. Let's have a great roll call tomorrow, too, on a victory Monday. So uh, that's yes. coming up tomorrow. Until then, for Josh Capo, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. 1-0. Bucks are 1-0. Tied for first in the NFC. The <laughs> NFC, not the South. The NFC. <laughs>